0: Hey, what is up everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man that says people who put a bathroom rug around their toilet is the main reason he has trust issues. <laughs> it's Dale.
1: What's going on, man? How you, bud? Yeah, them rugs are crazy, are you? Oh, yeah. You think old John L. Crapper cut out a rug put, put them special little u-shaped gimmicks yeah yeah
0: i don't understand them rugs either
1: <laughs> dribble catcher
0: that's what <laughs> oh, Lord. that's what
1: about what it is man yeah some lady said you're too short and you don't stand close enough so you had to, she had tired of them up on the floor and started washing the rugs i guess just
0: put a rug down i don't know All weird. Right. anyway what's going on bud <laughs> oh what's happening with you um great day today yeah back in the crack house back in the crack house yeah you got any shout-outs for us, bud? Yeah, we
1: got a few. We're going to gonna, we're gonna shout-out to our buddy Rich Adams, man. He's always uh, checking in with us. He's listening to all the stuff, trying to catch up as much as he can, and uh, he comments and talks to us a good bit, so we like to say thanks, Rich. Thanks, Rich. And we're going shout to shout-out uh, to Lynn Connolly. She's always uh, checking in with us and liking some stuff, and she's uh, doing the same, things, uh, the same things that Rich is, so we'll give her a little shout-out. And over on Instagram, our buddy Dennis Mullinax, he's always – Uh, commenting he likes everything we post he keeps up and he loves the show so we'll just a little friendly gesture we'll just say thank you dennis and appreciate you checking us out
0: and we appreciate everyone that goes onto our social media accounts and interacts with us leaves us messages leaves us comments likes subscribes all that good stuff
1: yeah rate and reviews on facebook anything you can do five stars on uh on the ipod gimmick
0: yep apple podcast yeah on there Or whatever platform you listen to, if it allows you to rate and review. Please do. It helps us a ton. Yep. And check out our store page on the website. Get you a T-shirt.
1: Man, we have some really cool T-shirts. And we appreciate, yeah, saying that, Donnie, I really appreciate uh, everybody who's uh, picked up one here lately. Yeah, we've
0: had some sales, so that's good. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. And if you buy a T-shirt and uh, send us a picture of it, email it to us, and we'll put you on our social media. Heck, yeah, we will. Absolutely. Bam, there you are. We'll give you a good (laughs) shout-out. All right, Dale. We're going to get in our episode this week.
1: Oh man, this is a this is a really going to be special. For
0: yeah, us. we have a very, like Dale said, a very special episode. We are covering the case of Sandy Todd Knipe. Now, Dale, Sandy is local to us he's right from the same county right here we're in
1: right and this is a little bit something different than we usually do you know not because a lot of times we do stuff it's it's happened before or whatever or we've just you know heard of but this one's right here at home and it's it's kind of it's in our backyard yeah. yeah
0: and sandy went missing in 2016 yes and we are pleased to have his son chris knipe on our show today
1: and man, this is going to be good. I, I'm, I'm really, uh, really feel blessed. that he's, uh, He decided to come on our platform and, and uh, tell a story. Yep. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Thank y'all, and thank you for uh, doing this for not only myself but my family as well.
0: Well, I reached out to you a while back because I've been fascinated by your dad's case for a while, and there, I guess what got me about it was there was not much information on the web about him. You know, just very limited details here and there. And I was like, gosh, you know, some something has to be done, you know, to help help find this man. You need some awareness out there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I know the the Shelby Star and stuff like that has, has run a few articles. And, and I think one news outlet maybe interviewed my, my grandfather. And then a, a lot of it has been social media stuff done by uh, the sheriff's office.
1: Well, I guess a little bit you know it's as good, but I think today uh maybe we'll bring a lot more awareness to the story and hopefully we'll, we'll get some results out of this at least at least we'll get some more uh, attention in and keep it in everybody's mind
2: yeah I, and I hope so too and I hope that you know someone listening to the podcast maybe knows something or somebody that random knows something and maybe bring some answers to uh, to our family yeah yeah
1: so. yeah, for sure.
0: well, Chris, before we get started, tell us a little about about you. And what you do and your family.
2: All right. I, um, I am currently employed at Cleveland County Sheriff's Office. And I am a sergeant over the community interdiction team there. And I've been there roughly six years. And before that, I was in the military for about eight years. Well,
0: thank you for your service. That's, yes, sir.
2: Thank you. Thank you. all Thank you. And uh, uh, I grew up in Cleveland County. Born and raised here, and that's, that's pretty much where my family's been as long as I can, as far as back as I can remember.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate the service, man. We're big supporters.
2: Absolutely, thank y'all.
0: Tell us a little bit about your dad, his background. Was he from uh, Cleveland County originally?
2: Yeah. So, uh, and, and I know one thing, and I, I was kind of doing some stuff myself just to see what was out there. Uh, before this because I hadn't really looked and I know Donnie, you and I spoke a few times and mm-hmm. I was just curious to see what, what may or may not been out there. One thing I didn't see on some of the flyers and stuff is what my dad's actual birthday is and so he was born in uh, he was born on February 15th in 1967 uh, his dad uh, is Robert Kniep and his mother which has passed away was Nancy Knight. Okay. Uh, He was born and raised in Cleveland County. He has one brother, which is Wendell Kniep, and one niece, which is Kate. And then my dad has two children, which is my sister, which is Brittany Kniep, and then myself, of course. And he has three grandchildren, which is Autumn, Jeffrey, and Leland. And probably one of his biggest i don't know thing he loved a lot you know just probably as much as uh his kids was he had a dog and the name will probably get you laughing a little bit but he, he decided to name the dog tater he, <laughs> loved, he loved that dog so that's that's, awesome. that's a
1: pretty cool name actually yeah <laughs> so uh, well what, what are his hobbies or you know what what is something that he likes to do
2: so he, man, I'd say probably every Sunday, if he didn't, if it wasn't him calling me uh, and giving me a hard time, it would be my, my grandfather, his dad, giving him a hard time. But we all enjoyed the NFL, and uh, my grandfather, he he's kind of a Pittsburgh fan and Panthers fan, and my dad was a big-time Dallas Cowboys fan, and so uh, he would always call us either about that or... Maybe the NASCAR race. He really enjoyed NASCAR as well, and we'd talk about it as well.
1: Sounds like we would have got along pretty good. I'm a big Cowboys fan myself.
2: Yeah, (laughs) well, yeah, he he enjoyed the Cowboys so much that uh, whenever I was born, he decided to uh, have me come home in a Cowboys uniform. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that's that's hardcore right there now. That's that's dedication. I'm liking it. No doubt about it so it sounds like
1: you, you you guys are pretty close right
2: yeah yeah we uh we talked a pretty good bit uh during the week especially you know he he knew you know me being in law enforcement and especially during the time rep right, rep right before it led up to him missing he knew i was working nights a good bit and he'd always call me beforehand and check on me and then usually the next morning if not every morning every other morning he'd usually call and just make sure I made it back home as well. well.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: Does he have any outside close friends that uh, he associated with? You know, besides the family, any buddies that he hung around with?
2: Yeah, he he had some uh, close friends that he hung around. Um, I'm not I'm not really sure of their names per se. Like right off bat, I I, I know a few of them, but. I know some of them i i don't know i'd say they're a rougher crowd to <laughs> right. hang out with
1: yeah well, that's okay you don't have to name them names just like you know he had his buddies he liked to hang around too so he wasn't just like sitting around looking at the walls all day yeah right yeah so what what uh, does he do for a living
2: so he he didn't have a like a job like you would say oh i worked you know at lowe's or i work at wherever he was more of like a, a handyman and he would people would ask him to come and, you know, help do things around their house, like fix stuff at their house or, you know, maybe go and paint. He, he really enjoyed painting, uh, like people's houses or rooms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, he enjoyed that. And, I know I didn't get that aspect from him because I, I don't like painting at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. You either like it or you don't, and I'm I'm, a, I'm on yeah, your side on I that. <laughs> so he was pretty much like a free spirit. He would go around and handyman and just kind of do what whatever came into his lap, and he was good at it. it seemed like.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. That's pretty cool because a lot of people can't do
0: stuff like that. Yeah. So. That's definitely a talent, no doubt about it.
1: So, so since you guys were so close, did you kind of notice of anything, uh, any changes in him or anything right up before, did he went missing? No. Um,
2: I, the the only thing that like I knew leading up to, I guess before he went missing was, I noticed he had you know every time he, we would talk, um, he would always talk to me about uh, several of these friends he had that he had loaned some money to and he was trying to get the money back from them and Mm -hmm. he couldn't get the money back from them and Mm -hmm. so he was kind of talking to me about it and I was trying to in the legal aspect say hey this is what you need to go about doing if they're not doing it going through the different processes and stuff like that and and that that was always a, a common trend you know each time we'd talk on the phone is he would always talk about these same individuals that owed him money and that was kind of the biggest thing that uh, of course, when he went missing, that I talked to the investigators about was, you know, he about this money that somebody owed him, and they weren't paying it back. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't have to tell us exactly, but was it a significant amount or was it? Uh... Uh,
2: well, there was there was two different individuals that that he had loaned some money to, and it was a pretty decent amount. And mm. and so essentially, what happened is is when his mom, my grandmother passed away uh, him and my uh, uncle, his brother inherited some money, and these friends kind of knew he inherited this money and so they would want him to loan x amount of dollars to them and uh, it got to a point where he was my dad was getting low on money and he was trying to get his money back and they wouldn't repay him.
1: It seems like he had a whole lot more friends when all of a sudden they found out he had some money.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually the trend. It sounds like
0: right. Yeah. Tell us about the last time you spoke to your dad. Did was it any different from the other times? You know, when he would talk about these men, or um, was it sort of the same tone of conversation?
1: And before you answer that, uh, how uh, did you talk to him? How, how close was it before the the time he went missing? Was it like the day before, the week before? Or?
2: So, I spoke to him. So. I, See, I worked. I think it was. I think then I was working maybe like Wednesday, Thursday nights that week, and uh, I spoke to him probably Thursday night uh, while I was at work, and it was still kind of the same thing. And he was talking to me about that. And so this is uh, really
1: weighing on him, wasn't it? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and essentially, you know, when we get a little bit further, I can kind of well i mean if it, it'll lead into it well now kind of what happened you know leading up to the day of him missing uh, he had went to the store uh to get beer and he didn't have enough money on his account so uh one of the neighbors that he was with loaned him some money to finish paying for the beer he had and mm-hmm. so he got to where his funds was low and um, he was he was trying to get that money back so he was
1: getting desperate he really needed this money it wasn't just it wasn't the fact that they wouldn't give it back to him it was the fact that he really needed it
2: yeah 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 just to live on yeah and that's just that's just you know how my dad was and and i know it's kind of a an old saying you know he would give you know the shirt off his back if he would and and the thing about him was is you know he with him he it didn't matter how much it would hurt him he would help whoever he could you know with whatever he had he would try to help anybody out and and it was really just to me people just would take advantage of that
1: right Mm. so you said you talked to him on thursday night what was the day that he went missing i know i know it was january 16th but what day was that yeah
2: so that so the day he went missing was a saturday saturday um and of course me working nights i slept most of the day probably friday and um uh, i didn't talk to him then and uh i remember so on saturday i remember i was i think i was maybe in i went to south carolina or something with some friends and i was coming back and my grandfather uh called me and he said uh have you talked to your dad today and i said no i hadn't he said, "Well." he called me early that Saturday morning. He said he had locked himself out of the house and he needed a key in. And I said, okay. uh, I said, did he get in? He said, yeah, he did. He said, but I've tried to call him a couple of times throughout the day to get up with him. And he's not answering. He said, when you come back into town, will you go check on him? And Mm -hmm. that's essentially where it went from there.
0: Wow. So it was reported that uh, he was last seen walking near his home.
2: Uh, Yeah. Um, so so once i uh once i went by there so um once my grandpa called me and told me i came back into town probably saturday evening probably i'd say around eight thirty nine o'clock that evening mm-hmm. and i went by there because it was on my way home and i went by there to check on him and i knocked on his door uh and i didn't get any answer to the door and um I walked across the street to the neighbor's house and I asked him, I said, hey, have you seen him? And he said, I hadn't seen him today. And so I just went back and I was like, well, I'm going to walk around, see if I can see in there or anything, see if he's there. And I, for whatever reason, I just grabbed the door, handle and twisted it to see if it was unlocked. And lo and behold, it was unlocked. And I walked in and uh, the dog, his dog was in there and uh, he wasn't there and to me, it kind of was weird looking back on it now because obviously earlier that day, he kept his house locked up and, you know, he had to get my grandpa to give him a spare key to get in.
1: Right, but yet yeah. now it's unlocked. Yeah, and gone. now it's unlocked. So right. Yeah. So what happened after this? Did you just start looking around for him or did you... Uh...
2: So after that, I, I, called, um, I called my grandfather and I told him, I was like, hey, you know, he's not here, so... I started calling around and I, I drove to one of the neighbor's house and he said he had, that he was down at his house earlier in the day and that they were sitting there they had a, a beer together. And then my dad walked back home around five thirty 30 uh, from the neighbor's house. Uh, and uh, he went back home and that was the last he saw of him. So fast forward and I, I talked to my grandfather on the phone about it and I said, hey, he's not here. I'm going to try to call a few people that I know. He, he hung around and asked them. And I attempted to call the friends that he hung around, and especially the ones that had, had borrowed the money and to see if they had seen him or anything. And uh, one of the phone conversations I had with one of the, the friends, uh, I called the number, and uh, they let one of their kids answer it and said they were in bed already and they, they couldn't talk and they would call me tomorrow and then the other one didn't answer. Mm, um,
1: that's not suspicious at all.
2: After that, I went home. I tried to call him a couple more times, never got any answer. Uh, the next day, I, I got back up, went over there and still, you know, with my key, I went in the house and, you know, the dog had obviously... You know had not been taken care of, not let out because it had used the bathroom in the house and stuff like that. And so, I that's that's when I was like, you know, something ain't right, something ain't right. And uh, that's about the time when I was going back to work that next evening. Uh, and uh, I had talked to as right before I went into work, one of the friends called me back and they told me this story of how they found out that my dad's truck was at this other friend's house and that some of his belongings was over at this friend's house. And so when I went into work that evening, I I told my lieutenant and my sergeant that I had at the time uh, about what was going on. And so we we went to this guy's house and we uh, talked to him about it and he pretty much told us, yeah, your dad... You know, let me borrow his truck and yeah his his stuff's right here so in the house so when he let us in the house his his stuff was kind of bagged up already waiting on us to get there in a way and my dad was kind of like old school he he wasn't very good with technology as far as cell phones go mm-hmm. so he he didn't he didn't really know how to plug somebody's telephone number into the phone and save a contact in the phone right So what he did is he carried this little bitty book with him and he wrote everybody's numbers down in there and he wrote all kinds of other stuff in this book that uh, that he kept up with and so that book and some of his clothes was at this guy's house and uh, we pretty much collected that. And, so, and they so, took it back to the sheriff's office, <clears> and that's essentially when a report was filed.
1: Right. I don't mean to interrupt, but man, that's kind of strange, especially if he carried that book everywhere he went. You think? It, it, I mean, he wouldn't let this guy just borrow his book, right? I mean, it's, no.
2: I mean he he kept that book everywhere with him.
1: Right. Because if he couldn't needed to call anybody, he'd have to have his so called phone book with him. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And,
2: and he kept he kept he kept other things wrote in there like, for example he would write his uh voicemail password back then because he had one of the little like flip phones per se and right yeah um he would keep his voicemail password in there so he could check his voicemail and stuff like that
1: that's something that he would keep on him it seems like at all times yeah
2: yeah wow
1: and what did did he like let people borrow his vehicle usually or is that something that's kind of odd to you
2: that, well when he when he told me that that was it was odd to me i i, I never knew him to do that because he had just, the truck that he the guy borrowed he had just my dad had just bought that truck and it i mean he didn't pay a whole lot for it but you know it was his truck and and i knew he didn't usually let nobody borrow it so right. that was kind of odd to me that he did well that that guy said that
1: is this the same guy that let his kid answer the phone today before
2: no, now this is this is a different okay. one. The the one that let his kid answer was
1: a somebody point. else. Okay,
2: that that he would hang out with, and but the one that let the kid answer the phone, that's who essentially called me and said, "Hey, your dad's stuff is at this guy's house." Oh,
1: okay, oh, okay. Ooh. Mm. So I mean, um, is it? I mean, I guess this is a, an ongoing investigation, right?
2: Yeah, they're still working it as a missing persons case, mm-hmm. uh, and. The, the investigator that's over it right now, uh, she tries to update me as much as she can with it, but I understand the aspect of it, too, because I know if it, for some reason, if it changes from a missing person to something else, not saying that's the case, but if it does, they want to be able to not have that.
1: Right. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to get you off track. I was just kind of saying that so our listeners would know that, you know, when you don't want to really name names and do this kind of stuff when it's still an open investigation of what's going yeah, on. Yeah,
2: and, so. that, and that's that's kind of where I. It might sound like I'm stepping around a little. bit. No, I just I, that's fine. I just
1: want everybody else to know we're all on the same page. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So we're Yeah.
2: I, yeah. I'd rather than not be out there just yet. Yes,
1: sir. I understand that yeah.
2: absolutely.
0: Now we was talking about his cell phone. You he had a flip phone. Uh, yeah. Was uh was the phone in that stuff?
2: So to from my knowledge, from you know, what items I know he would have on him, uh, that would be, I guess, per se missing right now would be his phone. And he had this little bitty small pocket gun that you the that, that I mean it was tiny and almost like a Derringer uh like gun a, and that, that's the two items that i know for sure that we haven't located kind of like a small 22 uh, or something yeah it, it, it's I, I mean it's it can fit in the palm of your hand oh
0: yeah i know what you talking about oh yeah hmm. was his um cell phone traced for pings or anything like that that you know of
2: uh yeah they were as far as any kind of information on them i i, I don't know anything on that okay I know in a general aspect i know the sheriff's office has done searches around uh his home and stuff like that and i don't know if that's generating off the pings or if they're just doing a canvas of a radius area because Mm -hmm. um there was a the the guy the the guy that had my dad's stuff at the house that I was telling you about, we went to, uh, he told the lieutenant and the sergeant and essentially the investigators that he knew my dad would walk to the store, uh, through the woods and he would go to the store to get beer. And so I, after knowing that information, I think they were doing searches based off of that to try to see in a perimeter search around his house if that was the case.
0: Yeah. See if he'd been through there or any trace of him through there. Yeah. Wow. What about um, his home? Was any personal items missing from his home? That you so, knew
2: the, the night that I went over there and, and found the house was empty The one thing I noticed when I walked in the house, uh, there was two beer cans uh, sitting on the coffee table in the living room. And it wasn't like they were sitting beside one another. One was like on one end and the other one was on another end. And one of them was opened and one was closed. And that's really about the only thing that I noticed that as far as the house... uh, when i walked in now as far as from the time afterwards and myself and my sister and my grandfather going over there we haven't noticed anything missing from the house
0: wow was this home processed did they check for prints or yes everything was done like that
2: yes okay yeah they they come in and photographed it uh the way it was when i found it and Mm -hmm um uh, done several different things and, uh, and processed all that.
0: Okay. What about his truck? I guess it was processed too. And
2: yes. Yeah, so the, the, the night we found his truck at that guy's house, uh, it was, it was taken from that property to the, the law enforcement center and it was processed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, since then, uh, it's been released back to me. So I, I have, I have his truck now
0: did you happen to know how many miles he had on it before they borrowed it or anything like that did you
1: especially if he just bought it maybe it was pretty close you know
0: yeah and if been.
2: Yeah, I, I don't i know he had just bought the truck recently mm-hmm. and I, I don't know exactly how many miles was on it uh versus when they got it right yeah
0: it'd be interesting to know if, if, how, been... how far it was driven yeah yeah i'm
1: telling you you come in there's two cans on the coffee table and all of a sudden he's gone the door's left unlocked disappeared and somebody's got his truck and his stuff and everything oh man this is yeah this is pretty wild
2: yeah and for me when it was i guess all unfolding you know in my mind i was sitting there thinking you know because i've dealt with you know working at the sheriff's office i've dealt with people missing before and you know, kind of going through the motions, and and, and all of a sudden, I, I caught myself as like, I, I can't believe this is happening. I, there's no way this is can be happening to yeah. me. You know, and it was just, it was, it's definitely a a tough thing for uh, a family not to know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Donnie and I were talking about that before we started talking. It was like, wow, I can't imagine this is what you do for a living. So you never really think that it's going to be coming home. But I can't imagine how you feel
2: yeah it's 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 took a it's took a toll on uh my, my grandfather a lot and, and everybody and i know we all keep hoping and praying just one day he'll he'll walk up and, and you know all this can be behind us and but the no. hardest part is just you know not knowing anything right yeah
1: so was there, any of that money ever recovered did anybody ever offer
0: any that money back
2: no they didn't That's what, I <laughs> what about the the
0: gentleman that, that owed him the money? have they been questioned
2: uh i am not sure on that if they had they hadn't i haven't been given that information
1: mm-hmm. so uh, and I'm ask you this question is kind of off subject but not but uh so what happened to tater i I'm sorry I... what happened to Tater who has him
2: uh so essentially what happened with him is he he wound up having uh, some kind of i don't want to say it was cancer but it was something like that and he essentially had to be put down
1: oh that's sad we got a lot of dog lovers gonna know that would be a question to come up is what happened to the puppies
0: everybody wants to know what happened to the dog yeah yeah sorry (laughs) to hear that
2: yeah
0: well chris in your mind and your family's mind i know y'all y'all sit and talk about this what so are you
1: asking personally or professionally
0: i'm asking him personally okay not on a professional just as we'll a We'll get that later. Yeah, as a as a as a son and a as a grandson, what do you and your family think as far as theories go?
2: So me personally and and I try not to think about it also as on a professional level, but just me personally. Yeah. Um just knowing how my dad was and and I know personally my my dad liked to drink and i know that going there to check on him that evening i know he had um a good amount of beer there at his home and so a lot of the uh statements that's been made by other people uh as far as friends go that he, he may have walked through the woods and stuff like that to get some more beer uh i i, I just I find that hard to believe, and I, I don't—I don't think he would just walk off and and leave and not talk to everybody in his family because, um, you know, they're with his grandchildren and uh, kids and even that—even the dog. You know, he loved everybody so much. Uh, I just find it hard to believe that he would walk off and or even if I've heard theories of you know what if he had a medical condition well you know I don't know him to have a medical condition where he would walk off and something you know per se a heart attack or whatever may have happened me personally I think something happened that evening and it's just not been uncovered yet Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason but I don't think it's him walking away I think it's you know, maybe just thinking outside the box, maybe somebody come over and something happened or, yeah, uh, uh, you know, whatever it may be. But I, I personally, you know, I don't think, you know, he, he walked to a, a store to get more beer when he had it already.
1: Right. That just don't sound right. No.
0: Especially not letting <clears throat> you or his dad or anybody know that he went somewhere. Right. And then
1: as close to the family as it, as it seemed like you guys have, I don't think, I don't bother to just walk off there either. Mm -mm. yeah i I just don't sound like him at all
2: yeah and you know if if he needed to go somewhere because you know at the time he you know he had bought that truck and he was working working towards you know getting his driver's license and stuff like that and if he if he typically needed to go somewhere he would call uh you know either my grandpa or me and he would go ask one of the neighbors um that live right there to him and they would usually take him where he wanted to go. Now, if he had to walk, uh, he would take the main road. It wasn't like he would take a trail through the woods to go to the store. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So professionally, you, are you on the same page here? Or you think, what are you thinking? Is I mean, yeah.
2: I mean, and and I don't know all the ins and outs of the investigation and, right. and stuff and, You know i kind of had to go off of what little bit i do know for myself that i experienced myself whenever you know i went there to check on him that night and uh and my lieutenant at the time and my sergeant at the time trying to help me you know find my dad you know within like the next night or two and you know them saying hey well let's just let's go down here and talk to this guy and see what he says you know and then hear what this guy had to say and mm-hmm. it's just it's tough and and i think it's like like I, I i told you before when me and you talked donnie on the phone is um you know for a while it was it was kind of hard for me to go out and uh be interviewed or publicly talked about it because i you know i didn't really know what to say at the time it was kind of a hard thing at the time to deal with and i didn't really know how to i guess process or say what i wanted to say then and i didn't really know what kind of me working in the field i work in what kind of backlash i might get from it either as far as you know if i had to deal with somebody you know on the other side of law enforcement grab it. dang man it's your dad you know yeah it it took a lot of a lot of praying and and a lot of good friends and people you know and the the biggest supporter for me has been the sheriff and he's always told me you know to do whatever do whatever you need to do to try to get you know answers for your dad and he's always pushed for me to be open about it and i i really thank him because he he really got me to where i did that first interview and, and now this is really my first on-air interview uh, with anybody uh, about it
0: well we certainly appreciate it chris it's just because you know we you know being here in cleveland county too we you know i've, I've followed this case from the beginning and uh, you know and tried to keep up with it and, and you know the facebook post and different things and you know it just wasn't much out there so yeah. and and i reached out to you to do this and and i told Dave, i said well the worst he can say is no but, um, man, I'm glad you decided to, to open up to us and tell us your story.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, not only myself, but my family is very grateful for it. And, yeah. And, and, you know, like y'all said, I, I hope it can generate some stuff and maybe somebody will come forward with something because.
1: Somebody knows something, you know. Yeah,
2: and and that's literally some of the words that I've said myself to especially when I was talking to, uh, the lady from the store and, and told her, I was like, just about in every case like this, somebody knows something. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's that they're, they're scared at what somebody might do or say or what, but, you know, I I always say, I I, I wish they would put, you know, step in my family's shoes and just try to feel what we're feeling and, and come forward and say something because the unknown is the the worst part
1: Mm, (laughs) i just can't imagine
0: all it takes is one person that's right
1: yeah somebody knows something come on people
0: and there is currently a reward for your dad too right
2: yeah um there's currently one out um see trying to think. i think it's crime stoppers put some up but also my family put some up with it to try to raise the reward mm-hmm. uh to where hopefully somebody would come forward and say something
0: yeah
1: speaking of so uh if anybody does know anything who do we need to call do you call the sheriff's department call you or do you have a hotline yeah or?
2: so uh, the best way so i can give you uh because i spoke with her uh, about this before beforehand just to make sure she would be fine with it and she was she was all for it and so the investigator over it right now her name is an uh, investigator Chrissy Hilton and she's with Cleveland County Sheriff's Office and the number she wanted me to give is 704-284-3938 and if for some reason somebody can't get her on that number then just call the Sheriff's Office number which is Simo uh, 4822
0: We hope that somebody knows something. We'll call and leave a tip or give some information, Chris.
1: Yeah, nothing. Just a uh, yeah, just a tidbit of information that helps. Anything we can, another piece of the puzzle. You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I, I hope somebody hears it and they come forward with something and uh, helps us out because I know it'll it'll bring a lot of. I guess closer to my my grandfather and my sister and my uncle, myself, and all his his niece and grandchildren as well. So yeah. I, I hope it brings something forward. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, man, we can't really thank you enough for for opening up and and, and telling us this story because there's a lot of details here that that we couldn't find anywhere else. And uh hopefully, this will put a little more light on it, and somebody's going to remember something.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I, I'm glad y'all did it as well because you know I, I, looked after I spoke with Donnie. Like I said, I tried to look up stuff as well, and uh, you know, just something small as maybe his birthday. I I didn't see it, and. Uh, no so.
0: your dad, your dad is listed on the Charlie Project website, and his uh, birthday information is up to date. It's current on there.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I know. I seen a a few flyers that uh, that uh different missing groups throughout like Facebook and different searches online that I saw just had essentially the date he went missing and his age because uh, I think they had it listed at the time he was like 48
0: yeah so he would be 54 now right he's 54 now yes yeah they just they just had a birthday back in february according to yeah okay yeah. okay all right is there anything else chris you want to add to this
2: no okay. i i appreciate it and thank y'all for what uh what all y'all y'all have done and if there's anything i can do I, to help i'd really i appreciate it
0: all right all right chris we appreciate it and we're gonna get out of here bud
2: all right y'all have a good night
0: all right deal we want to thank Chris again for being on the show today and telling us uh, about his dad, Sandy, that's missing.
1: Man, it was it was really great, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, before we get out of here, Donnie, I want to give those numbers again, and uh, we will post them on our socials. So. But uh, if you know anything or if you heard anything or anything at all, just a small piece of the puzzle to put together, uh, you can call Chrissy Hilton at 704-284-3938, and she is a lead investigator on this case. And if you can't get her there, you can always uh, welcome to call the Sheriff's Department in Glebeau County. That's uh, 704-484-4822. All
0: right. Dan, we're going to get out of here. All right, man. Let's roll. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings.
1: Because the next episode could be about you. This is the, the Crack Crackow's House Chronicles. Chronicles.